0: This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you've been bitten by a radioactive spider or sprained your ankle on the holodeck, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. And while you're in the waiting room, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HiEverybodyMD. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Bain. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as There's Something About Barry, the erotic fan fiction of Barack Obama's presidency. Uh, This is Hi, Everybody, a bad medicine podcast. (laughs) I broke Jackson this time. (laughs) Horrible. I broke Jackson. Uh, This is a podcast where every week we discuss bad medicine in television and film, what they get right and what they get wrong in portrayals of medicine. And look who's back. It's Greg Winter. Once again, we have Dr. Greg Winter. Hi. Uh, Hi, everybody. (laughs) Doctors Jackson and Winter, what are we going to be discussing uh, in this episode? So we're going to be discussing Seinfeld,
1: but more importantly, season four, episode 20, The Junior Mint. Yes. Uh, Greg, do you want to set this episode up? Um, Or how we got to where we are right now? so in this episode uh someone that elaine had been dating has some injuries in the hospital he has to get an operation and uh chaos ensues as nothing happens yeah i mean it's they said it was something about him needing a splenectomy and i had a lot of questions about
0: the splenectomy part okay so what does your spleen do first of all for those of us who aren't doctors in the room like only me and iggy the cat What your spleen does is
1: it does two things. One, it filters out bad blood cells, but it also can help with infection, like encapsulated organisms like um, pneumococcus is one of the big ones that you need to uh, filter out. So uh, that's why people who lose their spleen through injury or sickle cell need uh, that Prevnar vaccine to prevent getting infected with that type of organism. Is
0: that why Taylor Swift has bad blood? Because she doesn't have a spleen, Ugh. I am so
1: so terrible. Um, there's Horrendous. there's a few things your body can live without. You can live without a spleen. You can live without an appendix.
0: You can live without Jake Gyllenhaal. No, <laughs> no, no, you, no you cannot. Danny
1: Darko is amazing-ish. Just don't watch it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a one-time view only. But yeah, your spleen is—it's essentially a glass vase—is what I was taught it was in um, med school because it's so fragile. It gets damaged, and then it's just useless. So it just needs to get taken out of your body. But we don't know why Elaine's boyfriend needed his spleen out. They just said he needed it out. It's true. They don't talk about it. Um, Most of the time when people need their spleen out, it's due to traumatic injury like a car crash or somebody gets hit or something like that. Um, And usually when someone needs their spleen out, they need it out immediately. It is not a question of... No one is sitting in the hospital in a room with about no monitor with heart, no right? monitors or fluids or anything yeah. just chilling in the room waiting i mean there are cases where you have mono that's really bad but you don't get your spleen out for that unless you were an idiot and you played football afterward which that happens a lot more than you think it it does it does happen <laughs> cuz your spleen gets gigantic and since we already talked about how it's a glass vase any kind of injury will just cause it to rupture, yeah. and then you bleed out.
0: My freshman year in college, uh, someone on my rowing team had mono, and then couldn't exercise for two months because they were worried about his spleen. Blowing. You mean repeated trauma with the oar into your abdomen is not a bad is a bad thing? Apparently, oh. I mean I'm not a doctor.
1: It feels but... like they're rowing wrong if they're hitting <laughs> themselves in the. It's not. It's not a, it's not a <laughs> physics podcast. It's not a rowing podcast. Yeah, this but is, this
0: is not a bad coxswain <laughs>
1: podcast. Yeah. <laughs> nice
0: I like that you introduced the word coxswain Into this podcast I'm the winningest one-eyed coxswain in uh-huh. Big Ten history Oh my gosh What? Yeah, in that I almost won a race Johnny, I like you a little bit more every time I see you
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I think When they were setting up the episode He's just chilling out in his room He looks great It doesn't look like he's in any pain at all And if you had something wrong with your spleen, let's say it did rupture, he would look pale as a ghost. And yes. Just... Your spleen deals with a lot of blood, so if you have a rupture to it, you're losing a lot of blood through it, so you are going to be anemic, you're going to look pale, you're going to be tired, you're going to be sleepy. I mean, this is something where you're getting units of blood, you're going to emergency surgery very quickly. It's, it's not like... Maybe your spleen needs to come out. It's, we're taking your spleen. It can come out later this week is kind of what it sounded like. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, I think they learned about it Tuesday. They visited him Wednesday and it came out out on surgery was Thursday. Yeah. Which that's a good uh, setup for the
1: timeline we'll touch on later, but kind of going on to the B plot of Kramer looking for gloves, man, he snooped around a lot and I don't know how he snooped around so easily. I mean, you're right. It's weird that he was able to snoop around so easily because he was not wearing a white coat. Yeah. Had he been wearing a white coat, probably he could have snooped around a little bit easier. While we were watching the, the show earlier, you can see him kind of going in and out of doors, and that's not a thing that you can do anymore. Every, every door with things behind it, other than patients, are locked by some sort of code or some sort of key. So there's no really free access to that. Also, those door latches were really weak because you could just push <laughs> he, so gently. Yeah, he did not try to open a door. No, he, he just, just pushed. pushed super gently. Those are all bathroom doors. Yeah, and then he did all of this just to look for gloves so he can retile his... re-wallpaper his house. I mean, gloves are expensive. If you, if you they go are... to a, a convenience-type t- convenience store, uh-huh. gloves are expensive. If you go to Costco, they're not quite as expensive. Um, but that is a huge care issue for people that are doing care at home or um if if you have home health it's like that stuff is is on the patient and patient's family Mm -hmm. and that that adds up really quickly and because you kind of need gloves for this they they're at a premium i would so i totally understand why he was doing it it's just not ethical i also would think that if they want gloves like you said we use them quite a bit wouldn't that be on the cart because you would try to use gloves a lot I, more and not in a room that's tucked away. Because that would be really weird. Like, if you need to examine a patient, like, I got to go back. I got to go into this room. And, and in truth, gloves. the gloves are actually in the patient's room all the time. I, I mean, at least the medium gloves, which don't work for me, but brag. <laughs> <Humble>. <laughs> but they're fine. To they're, um, they're fine. They work. They're great. And one of the other things that we have now is that most, because of latex allergies, most of them are these... This new type of nitrile. plastic. They're nitro gloves. And they are the worst. <laughs> like, they, I cannot even get my hands in them without ripping them. And my hands become a bag of sweat. So having nice gloves is good, but you also pay for them. I mean, I, I get why he's doing what he's doing. It's not right. You shouldn't do it. But I, I get it. Yeah. And I think it was also kind of telling, too. There were no gloves in his room. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's I mean, the easiest place for it to steal it it just walks by and like kramer would do bust through the room take a whole handful and just jam it down his pockets and go out as as we've discussed numerous times like this isn't this would be an unstable patient he's going for surgery he's got no monitoring it just doesn't feel right. it doesn't yeah. the the urgency that would be there isn't there yeah and then just speaking on the terms of, or s- since we're on the subject of kramer the way he kind of asked the surgeon about the inter abdominal retractors versus the intra abdominal retractors, it's nitpicky. I get it, but he was asking about that um, if if the ones that they use were on recall.
0: That apparently it was they were it was on 2020 last night.
1: Yes, and then and, you know, uh, and unfortunately, those are the types of questions you get as a doctor. Somebody somebody's family member saw a story about something, and that's the question they're asking. Yeah, even though it doesn't apply to what's happening, it's just. That's the thing they know about medicine. So that's the thing they want to talk about. Um, and often those are the most important things to respond to. Because if a family doesn't trust what you're doing or saying, then they don't trust what's happening going forward. Yeah, And then to be honest, the retractors that he did use were super flimsy. So they should be on recall. <laughs> they, look like, they look like salad tongs that he was going in to scoop up like, intestines and put them in a bowl. Like,
0: so what, is, uh, what does a retractor do? The retractors are what you use. The, the retractor do.
1: doesn't scoop up anything. No. The retractors just retract, which they, means they it hold just, it open. They hold the 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 hole open. And usually they have like med students hold it and so what, that you don't have to hold it with your teeth. Correct. I well, mean it's frowned upon. <laughs> as as a med student, I had been in surgeries where I retracted for eight hours. So yeah. standing in a room holding things apart so that people could do whatever so they, they were actually look in the doing hole. Um, and you all you're doing is being a warm body standing there holding things up, and the reason why, and then you might be thinking, why don't they just have something to mount and hold, keep it open? They do, but the reason why the surgeons that I worked with say that they have med students and what or residents retract is because eventually they get tired and let go a little bit of it enough so that there's not a prolonged pressure ulcer. Because if they use um, just like a, a brace or something like that. That pressure also stays for too long, and they don't. the The healing and the recovery isn't as good. So they have med students hold it wide open. As a person who gets tired, you have to, to a tendency to readjust. Yeah. And so then you save some of that stress pressure on the skin. Yeah.
0: Kids listening at home, don't let anyone tell you that a career in medicine isn't one hundred percent glamorous all the time. Oh, oh God! I don't retracting I, was the worst. I remembered
1: retracting for this like very obese person, and I I remembered the doctor was like, use both hands to retract and you put your weight into it. So I was actually leaning backwards because it was so much tissue. You can do it. Tissue. Put your back into it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I remembered who sang that song right now so I can quote it, but I can't. I think uh, it's genuine, but I don't know. <laughs>
0: um, link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll
1: link it in the show notes now. Um, so the, But yeah, usually they look kind of like scoops. Um, that's yep. probably the second scoop reference we've made in this mm-hmm. podcast. But it usually looks like scoops, and you kind of, they're very strong steel that kind of hold them open. Yeah. And I mean, they're, just, I, they're different retractors based on what you're retracting, and as a medical student, you spend a lot of time in surgical suites holding things back so that people have a clear view of what they're doing. It's probably why I'm not a surgeon right now. I cannot. I had the shortest attention span for that. But... Uh, <laughs> But then, um, so going to, like, the main scene of this movie, Kramer finally does make it into the operating suite. I think because the attending physician even said, I'm here to show some of my med students what an operation looks like. And invites Kramer randomly into the suite. Kramer just has the ability to always be in the right place for nonsense at the right time. He does. And so, like, he's... he, I think he won an Emmy once. He, won an he just Emmy happened to be standing there. <laughs> he also won the Emmy for this episode. Oh, sure. It was actually his first Emmy he won, which was really random, but good good piece of trivia right there. Um, so he gets invited up with the, uh, with the medical students, and kudos to Seinfeld, black doctor in the background. I like that. My uh, background
0: is in theater. Do you have the same situation in surgeries as you do in theater where sometimes you need to you know paper the house and invite your friends and family just to make the show look good on opening night
1: no oh, no definitely not. no in fact so so what they show there is an operating theater and it's a theater for i mean named appropriately because you have an audience that's watching that is not a thing that exists anymore no hipaa it, and all that stuff it's not it's not even that it's just like like you saw what could potentially happen with that right like mm-hmm. Oh, somebody dropped something. I mean, that guy would have... They would have noticed He Kramer would have been killed by somebody, most likely. But it was a way... I mean, medicine is a practice. You learn by experience. And so you have to see these things happen so that you know what's going on. And that was a way to get people exposure to procedures. You have ex, You have the experts down there that are actually doing the procedure. And then there are people that are coming up in education watching it and that is a part of what their educational experience was is we're going to watch this procedure happen from a safe distance assuming no one is eating (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and that just doesn't exist anymore now now in uh medicine as a medical student you would be in a you would be one extra person in there helping with a procedure you wouldn't have a, a whole group of people there um i found in my med school in which is an older med school in Chicago, walking around just kind of exploring the building, I found one of the old operating theaters, and it's crazy to see it. Like, you have a operating table up front, and then a huge, you know, like a a movie theater-style sloped classroom. Right seating. And, yeah. Well, was and, it separated with glass, or was it just... No, it is straight there, in there. I mean, I'm sure that they uh, had ability to pull a curtain or something, if something happened. But it was, hey, you can watch what is happening right here, right now, It was sort of crazy to see it, although that room was locked poorly. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that stuff exists and that's part of training in something where not everything is, you can't learn everything through a book, right? You have to actually experience some of it. Yeah. And I think nowadays, like you mentioned, it's all kind of, it's an audience of one, basically. now, Where the med student is the audience, but you got to earn your keep. So that's why you become the human retractors. Yeah there there's a if you look at some Renaissance paintings, there are depictions of this and that's real. Like you know, you have people there holding people down because we didn't have pain control in the same way. So you literally needed people there to control the patient, but then also you have people there watching what's going on because you have to get experience in some way or another. And speaking of pain control, that patient didn't have a breathing tube or anything. He was just he was just lying there, just if eh, he's breathing, he's breathing. But you heard the ventilator,
0: <laughs> the and you know
1: there. the ventilator exists because that's where the juniorman bounced off. According to Seinfeld, according who, to Seinfeld, uh, has is not an MD. No, but that's what he said it bounced off. And usually in this kind of situation, when there's a surgery, especially involving the abdomen, there's always like a sheet between the anesthesiologist and the the surgeon just to kind of keep things clean um but separated enough just in case if something happens so so
0: there no blood gets on the anesthesiologist's phone yes (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, anesthesiologist
1: no it's more because the mouth is dirty the mouth is not sterile and the anesthesiologist may have to retape may have to do a bunch of stuff and there's no like if you if you have protection there then you're not going to contaminate the surgical field so you might as well put up some protection the anesthesiologist can always lean around and say something. Most of what the anesthesiologist is doing doesn't affect what the surgeon is doing. I, I mean, like, they're doing their own stuff and it's important. Sudoku. Um, I, I have been Sorry. in a surgery where someone's paralytic was wearing off and they started, uh, no, yeah, they, their paralytic was wearing off. So they started to kind of contract a little bit and it was pushing their insides yeah. out of the incision. And that's like a real thing. And, and the surgeon was like, hey, Something's wrong. An anesthesiologist peeks around and then they do their stuff, and then everything's fine, so that communication is definitely important. It's just you could contaminate that field. It's important to try to keep it as sterile as possible, yeah. so the even something as simple as a sheet helps, yeah, and dirty mouths kind of transitions to how come no one was wearing a mask <laughs> like in the audience, I like go everyone I know in the operating area, they were just still following sterile procedure and whatnot, wearing masks and hats and whatnot. Jerry and Kramer and all the other mess all were wearing caps, but none of them wearing masks.
0: Well, you can't eat around
1: a mask. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, that would make the Junior Mint just fly back out. Yeah,
0: that would have been even more dangerous. Like,
1: can you imagine Kramer just trying to like toss it up in the air and catch it in his mouth with the mask on? and just bounces like a trampoline. You got Jerry and Kramer. You pay for those faces you want to see them. You can't cover it up. You probably pay for those seats, too, to sit there. <laughs> I mean, Kramer... Sat- you no, know, that's... Kramer got in because of where he was standing. Why did Jerry get in? Because Kramer's date canceled on him. Uh, Okay. Which is even a better (laughs) question. Why was he bringing a date? What kind of date is that? He knows what he's doing. I hope she's not squeamish. with blood and just passes out. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) But yeah. So... I don't know how the doctor did not notice a junior mint falling. That that I mean.
0: was my question. Yeah, is realistically, I would think that uh, there were there were four or five people down there actively paying attention, plus the med students mm-hmm. up above. Would you notice a junior mint in? I,
1: I mean, it's entirely possible that everyone turned away at just the right moment, and junior mint lands. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things in place. To make sure that the things that get put in your body come outside of your body yeah. during any surgery, so there are counts for sponges. So they actually have like a thing that with pockets that they'll put each sponge that they use oh yeah. into it to make sure the counts. Yeah, correct. they count them as they go in. They count them as they go out. If you're using a procedure where where metal things are going in the body they will use what's called a, a fluoroscopy which is like kind of a lightweight x-ray to see if there's anything that shows up yep. um some of the spong- sponges and sponges and laps are the term for the same sort of thing it's just an absorbative cloth that they can kind of put in and, and uh, soak up some blood and some of those things have uh have radiosensitive material in it so if you look at it with a fluoroscope or fluoroscopy it will show up so you can see them I mean, one of that's one of the biggest hospital liabilities is like something left in. Yeah, after it, it is somebody's watch. It should. Yes. it is literally a never event, right? That's yeah. that kind of thing should never happen. You know what you're putting in somebody, you should get all of those things out, um, and they lead to big lawsuits. Needles. And, yeah, you know any anything. Yeah. I mean, if needles, it's not supposed to be in you, it's it should, not. It should, it should not be, stay in. Right. You. Exactly. Um, and so there are so many things in place to protect you from. the from what people know are going into. Although if something random had, like if all of a sudden a fly was in the operating room and it flew into your body, no one would know to check for that if yeah. nobody mm-hmm. saw it. So it's about somebody seeing it. If nobody saw it, nobody would be looking for it. Yeah. It would just be some random thing covered in blood in your body. And there's no reason to pull that out. Yeah. They sewed them up so quick though, allegedly. Cause they said, Oh, we sewed them up and we didn't see it. Like, I get it. Like, a junior mint kind of looks like a blood clot in the right scenario. But if you're dealing with a blood clot that's still in your abdominal cavity, most of the time the surgeons will wipe it away. So that's I'm, true. They want to they see it clean. What looks pretty clean and normal, surgeons are working pretty hard to make sure that your surgery goes well. It makes them look good. They want to have a good outcome as much as you want them to have a good yeah. outcome. So, not noticing something that looks like a clot or a junior mint in the abdomen is... Usually poor form, but if they didn't a, notice it, there's a lot of stuff in your gut, though, so it's be yeah, really true. easy to just like eh, everything looks okay. I mean, he should be really sick, like have a really bad infection going on. That's true. I don't believe Kramer was wearing gloves. I'm assuming <laughs> that he didn't wash his hands when he walked in there. He, I mean, all of us have bacteria, that's part of how our bodies work. He would have a bad infection, yeah, he would be real, real <laughs> sick.
0: I mean, right he almost died. That's fair. But then he was healed by the power of hope and art. And Junior Mints. And Junior Mints. Um, would something like food be worse than something like a sponge? It depends,
1: really. I, I don't... I, I mean, this is
0: speculation. But, yes. <laughs>
1: so, I mean... This is
0: speculation, but 100% definitely.
1: Well, food has stuff germs. on it, right? Like, <laughs> food is covered with germs. So, a, a sponge that they're using to, to help... Stop bleeding in your body that is presumably sterile. Like anything that goes into you or touches you during an operation, better be been sterile. boiled and sterilized and a whole bunch of stuff so that it doesn't increase your risk of infection. If you brought food in, I mean, food has got like it, the second you touch it, it has your germs on it, let alone whatever other germs are on it. It so, is. Junior mints are the germiest of foods. So. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. looks like a little poop. It does look like a little poop. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, like you, that that would certainly lead to an infection. Whereas, whereas leaving something in somebody might lead to other problems for other reasons. Unlikely to be an infection, just un, it, that would be a problem. Food would be a huge problem. That's why they don't allow food in the operating theater. That's probably why they don't allow operating theaters. So I'm not, that's why they got mad at me because I brought a big gulp in because it was a really long surgery. <laughs> <laughs> that really happened. no okay good no they'll stop you like the minute you get to the the locker oh yeah they would not even those are those those (laughs) are long i i fell asleep doing uh doing retraction on someone as a med student same and yeah because you don't you're sitting there being silent it's boring no one is talking to you because that's how i got student i got smacked because of that and also (laughs) i did not get kicked out of that surgery they were like hey wake up Okay. My my attending. Medicine is tough. My attending told me, "You're paying so you can learn. Now wake
0: up and continue retracting. <laughs>
1: right now, now wake up and I won't teach you anything." <laughs> yeah, it was
0: a long, long day. That's, it was a
1: 12 hour surgery.
0: That is incredible to me that that both of you did, which means it's. Oh,
1: I, mean, it's a, I mean, a common thing so that happens. Surgical rotations are insane. I don't know how surgical residents do what they do, yeah. but it's you know up it's, at the hospital at four in the morning and go home at seven. If you're lucky. Yeah. So it's really tough. That's why none, and neither is, of us are surgeons. It is mentally and physically demanding. Yeah. I would not do it. Hence why I did not do it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm in emergency medicine. My attention span is too short. So that's why I'm on that one. And I think kind of just looping back to the episode, one final thing was if we go back to the timeline of his illness and surgery and recovery. So Tuesday was spleen. Uh, he found out he was sick. Wednesday they visited him, Thursday was surgery, and Friday was a recovery day. And he was eating a whole plate of spaghetti right after serious <laughs> abdominal surgery. <laughs> <laughs> that is not accurate. Uh, they, a lot of, I mean, when you have any sort of bowel surgery, there is bowel rest after it. Granted, the new teaching is you want to get things moving kind of as quickly as possible, but you start clear liquids and you kind of move up from there. Um, Sort of the more we learn about recovery, we people do better outside of the hospital. The hospital is full of sick people and germs, so you want to get them out, and to get them out, you need to make sure their guts are working, yeah. but you're not starting with But you with don't spaghetti. start with a bolognese. <laughs> no. No, do definitely you, not. A, do you know what the first sign is, sauce. Johnny, that we would ask the patient if they're ready to eat? Are you hungry? Nope. Oh, Actually, if, it's one of them. When they're passing gas. That's, when they're farting. Ah. They do fart today? Oh, Okay. Looks like you're ready for food, but definitely Maybe not some food. chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> that would also create more farting and other issues at that point. Sponsor us, Chipotle. Um, <laughs> but that would be the big thing is just you're not going to eat a whole plate of spaghetti after you had such serious abdominal injury. There would be so much vomiting after that kind of thing because your gut's not moving at that point. So that would be a big no no. Also he had like every single fatty food on there. He had ice cream. Yeah. You go you go real milk. slow, you go real gentle. And, and I mean you can you can move quickly, but it's like meal one is clear liquids. Meal two is what's I don't know. Like jellos. Jellos. It's, <laughs> like it's, it's clear liquids followed by more clear liquids and then like Cheesecake non- Factory. Cheesecake Factory, Chipotle, all you can eat Korean barbecue. That's yeah. usually the the No. Um, usually you get Something bland um, that's easy. To cheesecake digest. factory, that is something just a bland, burn right onto cheesecake factory right there. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't go that hard, and that's just not a good safe recovery. He'd have a lot of belly pain too, and especially if you're having a, such a serious surgery like a splenectomy, you wouldn't be out of the hospital that quickly either. Like they kind of made it sound like he was on the road to recovery and going to go home pretty quick.
0: No, I, he was he was making dates for. Friday, Friday. yeah.
1: He was going to go somewhere. But Elaine had plans at the Poconos, possibly. <laughs> but didn't. Depends on what they were going to do. sure. You don't want to pop those stitches. Um, to, me this was, so to me, one of the things that was really interesting about this episode, and it's something that my dad brought up to me. Shout out to Dr. Winter. The real Dr. Winter. Um, if you look at this episode, you see the doctor that they're talking to. He's got a stethoscope. Hanging around his neck by the earpieces, and that is the way people used to wear their stethoscopes. Um, that that is so that you can quickly put it into your ears and start listening to a patient if something is wrong. If you show up in a room and like, oh, what's going on? You can start doing your job. Um, that is not how I ever have worn my stethoscope in my entire life. My stethoscope has always been hung around my neck in the style of ER, and I. I didn't even know about the way that they showed in, in this Seinfeld episode until my dad was talking about it. And um, basically, in when ER started as a show, they used that hang around your neck as just because it looks cooler. And it does look cooler. For sure it looks cooler. <laughs> but also, it makes it hard to use it. It makes <laughs> yeah. it harder to doctor. Right. And, and it's like a very weird thing because uh, it's sort of my generation of Doctors that grew I mean like ER is sort of our example of your you know that's this that's what you see as doctors doing the the quintessential medical show at that time. And and um so that's kind of what we all emulated, but it's also not like it's not helpful and it doesn't work for your job, but then hearing somebody else say that they used to do it like this, you're like, no way, (laughs) that didn't happen. But if I mean clearly Seinfeld had a They have a doctor consultant for sure. Like every show that is doing something with a doctor, that is what they used to do. Also, I have a medical consultant. That is what they used to do. Just a very weird thing to see. Like this was this came out a year before ER came out. Yeah, this was ninety three and ER
0: was ninety four.
1: And that it's like oh, you can see a clear transition from the the TV depiction of a doctor from how they wear their stethoscope, which then affected the way actual doctors wear their stethoscopes because we are just as stupid as everyone else (laughs) i mean it's it's really interesting and also that's still how i wear my stethoscope around my neck because because rule of cool yeah that's how they did it in er that's because i gotta do whatever else does i mean that's hey i saw it on tv it's gotta be right most of the time (laughs) time... (laughs) it used to be right not so
0: much. In, no, it
1: is now. It's still right because now that's what we do. It's yeah. very. It's so weird. Next will be the holsters. I was talking with some of some of the other doctors that we know, and they didn't even believe me when I told. Like they didn't believe me. I was <laughs> like, okay. Gotta probably watch an episode of Chicago Hope or something before ER and see if they still do it in that one. They do. Oh, they, if you if you look anything you see, you will see there. It is. It is clipped around their neck. We'll
0: toss a couple pictures time. of a screenshot of this and some pictures from ER in 94 yeah. I w- and I will also compare s- on our Instagram.
1: And just a side note, it's also really hard to run with the stethoscope dangling like that though. As we've talked. Because it'll just it keep knocking no you over and over again. But there's no
0: running in the If ER. there's one thing I've learned from from this podcast it's there's no running in the ER. Correct. There's Not There's no allowed. running in baseball either. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Alright. <laughs>
1: Wait, no. No. Actually, I have one other dumb thing to say. When this came out, I think I was in high... I'm assuming I was in high school. I must have been. That's when I saw all of Seinfeld. The punchline of this is that her name is Dolores, which is a... Yeah. Rhymes with a female body part. So
0: C-plot is... Jerry doesn't know his girlfriend's name. uh, And uh, she says, oh, it rhymes with a female body part. And he's trying to, you know, suss that out in whatever way he can.
1: And eventually he realizes it's Dolores. And when this aired in high school, I didn't understand it, and I'm.
0: Well, that's because, Dolores doesn't actually rhyme. It does, and it explains some things
1: about my relationships. In high <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. If you can't
0: find that rhyme, I mean, yeah. yeah. So we've talked about a lot in this episode. This this episode of Hi Everybody might be longer than the episode of Seinfeld. Uh, how Excuse would we you. fix this episode? How would we make it more medically accurate?
1: He should look real septic, I think. If, That's he, true. if, if you, he got if you got a junior mint in your belly, um your symptoms might not show up right away, but definitely during that recovery phase when he's trying to eat spaghetti, he should look real sick. Yeah, would he be, would he would be he would look real, real sick before he started to look better. Yeah. Um, Also, they wouldn't have been able to visit him before his splenectomy because they would have found out after his emergency splenectomy. There would be more gloves in the
0: room. More gloves in the room. That Kramer probably would
1: just walk out with a box, let's be honest. And Jerry's girlfriend would have left after he didn't know her. That's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. You can't not know someone's (laughs) name. It doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, there's an easier way to find out someone's name. Just introduce them to your friend. He tried that. He did. Don't you? Yeah. Clearly, you were not watching. I did not pay attention to that part.
0: Yeah, I I would I mean That's frankly what, I'd I, say that there's mutual issues there because yeah. she doesn't pick up on social cues.
1: Jason Alexander tries so hard and it he tries without any prompting and he's just like I tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think there was so there this was a good just ridiculous episode of Seinfeld that kind of just sums up the it's about nothing kind of thing. But the junior mint's getting brought into the operating suite pretty much just was the. Big old yeah, downfall a, of yeah. the whole thing. If you're having people in the in the operating suite, if you're in a place that still has that, which you're not, you're not bringing anything. Yeah. You are, and you're also wearing face masks yeah. for it's, sure. It's also impossible to bring someone into like the hospital area without any kind of clearance these days. Like you need your photo taken, they'll scan your ID. It's just impossible to get in.
0: If they were doing this now, it'd probably just be a Twitch stream. Oh
1: god. <laughs> it probably would be, and they just. Enough have enough people watching on there and then the surgeon at the end would just say
0: support my yeah. patreon yeah don't forget to smash subscribe. smash <laughs> that, smash that like and subscribe button please do that for ours and then yeah yeah um speaking of which you can find this podcast because uh, i'm horrible at introducing this in the beginning of the episode but uh since you've made it this far follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at hi everybody md
1: If people are listening to it and they're at the beginning they don't need to know how to find it yeah Uh it's okay to introduce it at the end
0: i'll I'll aim for both for you (laughs) um
1: but yeah please subscribe uh tell everyone who would like about this podcast yeah to listen to our podcast
0: yeah we're um we're starting to plan out our horror movie october so if you have some horror movie ideas uh shoot those our way uh we're definitely thinking We're thinking about one that's 100% medically accurate. But before that, we're going to be doing Die Another Day, uh, which is one of the most medically accurate Bond films. So stay tuned for that one. (laughs) But thank you for listening. Yeah, And we'll see you next week. Yep, see you next week.